tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Russell Mills, and this is KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. Wednesday, January 13th, as the United States House of Representatives was preparing to vote to impeach President Donald Trump a second time, I got U.S. Senator James Lankford on the line, and we talked about some of what's going on in the nation's capital. That includes the investigation into the violence that erupted there on January 6th and what he expects to happen moving forward. Of course, we talked about the impeachment he also spoke about some issues he's having back here in Tulsa, where some members of the African-American community want him to resign from the Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission. Some of his thoughts on all of that in this edition of KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Imagine you've been super busy, so we'll just get right to it. I know we don't have a heck of a lot of time. Um, I posted a thing on Facebook today it says looks like the 20s are indeed going to be roaring. Um, it's it's last year was crazy. This year's already kind of started crazy. And today oh, yeah. um, it looks like the House is going to make history by impeaching a sitting president for the second time. And obviously, I just first off want to get your general thoughts. I, I know you're not in favor of this idea, but just kind of bullet point it for us. Why? Yeah, so it's not only historic that the House is going to impeach a president for the second time, but I don't know of a week that they've been in session that they've not had some conversation about impeaching the president. It's been constant, but they're now they're impeaching the president in literally the last days of his presidency, less than a week left. Uh, they drop articles of impeachment on Tuesday. They vote on them on Wednesday, uh, and they send them over to the Senate to start taking up just after he leaves office. Uh, so the, the Senate won't even get all these documents and to be able to start it until the 19th at the earliest. Uh, Joe Biden is sworn in on the 20th, and uh, we could have a protracted trial to be able to begin uh, the uh, the new president's time. So typically when a new president walks in, they want to be able to set the agenda. They're not going to be able to do that uh, because we're still going to be dealing with how do we move through Cabinet officials, how do we do hearings on them? At the same time, we're doing impeachment hearings from the last president. Uh, it is the most divisive and the most chaotic way uh, to be able to address an obvious issue. And if the House would have voted to censure the president or would have said all of these things were not wise things to be able to say, and this could have led to uh, major issues, uh, th this would have been very, very different. But this is the worst way uh, to be able to address a very bad problem. So I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. What I hear them saying is, well, yeah, but you can't just let this guy off the hook. They're ta talking about President Trump. They feel like he spent, you know, the better part of four years basically inciting that riot. And so, you know, th what they're looking forward to or what they're trying to do, I think, and this is conjecture on my part, is bar him from holding federal office in the future. 
And by the way, you know, leaving a big nasty asterisk next to his name in the history books. Um, yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, there seems to be more political spite and leverage. Uh, the thought to say that we're going to impeach him so he can never run for office again after they just beat him in the ballot box a few weeks before, but to say we're afraid he'll run again uh, is, is really absurd uh, at this point. So, uh, again, this is a really, really divisive way to be able to deal with a really divisive issue, uh, and it has all the feeling of pouring gasoline onto a fire uh, and while uh, we have no idea what's coming in the days ahead on it, uh, I have no doubt that this makes angry people angrier and a divided nation more divided uh, in a moment that we should both address the obvious problems, uh, but also do it in the best way that we possibly can for the country to be able to come back together. Um, in the Senate specifically, um, I have heard reporting that uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, is actually sort of signaling that he's not necessarily opposed to this, although I, I don't think he's happy about the timeline. But w what are you hearing from from leadership? Yeah, M M Mitch McConnell has made a statement that he's basically not making a statement one way or the other on this, uh, that he's going to reserve judgment on it. And that's a, that's a wise thing to be able to do for him to be able to make that kind of statement. It's the same statement that all of us made quite frankly, leading up to the last impeachment that we did just literally a one year ago, uh, walking into it to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit on a jury and we're going to walk through this process uh, all together on it. But it is it is a really toxic process for a country that is rarely used uh, and has become a really, really divisive moment as well. So here is an example of divisiveness that I, I find a little confusing. Um, you've been asked to resign from the Tulsa Race Riot Commission, and and I'm sitting here trying to think of a Oklahoma elected legislator who's been more vocal about racial equity than yourself, and and I'm I'm confused by that, especially I guess considering that your fellow Congressperson uh, Representative Hearn sits on that commission. And I haven't heard a word about him. Um, and he voted in, in favor of overturning some election results, which is apparently what they're kind of unhappy about. Um, what went through your mind when you heard that? And, and if you don't mind, could you just sort of respond to the idea of stepping down? Yeah, so I, I was very proactive on dealing with the issue of race in Tulsa long before I was ever on the commission. Um, you know, I served 22 years in ministry, spoke often on the issue of race, uh, preached in churches in North Tulsa. Uh, I pulled together the curriculum that we use across the entire state now uh, for uh, teaching about the race massacre, uh, because I learned that uh, while we had state law that required it be taught, there was actually no curriculum that had ever been written. Uh, so we pulled together the curriculum to make sure it was actually written, worked with the Tulsa uh, superintendent uh, to be able to make sure that we could get pilot programs there, uh, have done uh, town hall meetings in North Tulsa, have spoken all around the state with what I call Solution Sunday, and that is challenging people of all races to be able to have someone of a different race in your home for a meal. Uh, back in the day when we used to be able to have people over for, for dinner before the pandemic. Uh, but the, the issue of race has been important to me, and I've been very, very engaged, and I was asked to join the commission not so I would start working on it. I was asked to join the commission years ago because I was already working on the same things they were working on. Uh, I understand that people have political differences. 
And I understand that there are people frustrated right now with what's going on. Uh, and that we also live in a cancel culture uh, currently where it's a one strike and you're out. Uh, you were with me last week, but you're not with me this week. And so you got to be out. Uh, but as we work through the issue of reconciliation, uh, whether that be racial reconciliation, political reconciliation, or just treating each other as human beings, uh, we're going to have bumps in the road on that. And I understand that. And uh, so for me, the key issue is to be able to talk to people and say, here's where I'm coming from. I want to be able to hear where you're coming from. And because at the end of the day, whether they ask me to be on the commission or not, we're going to be fellow Oklahomans and we're going to be working on the issue of race uh, because it still is an issue that is unresolved uh, in our state. Uh, and while we've made a lot of progress, it is certainly not done at this point. Uh, so I, I'll honor the commission and what they choose to do. Uh, again, I was asked to be on the commission years ago uh, because of already my ongoing work on race, and I'll continue that work. That won't deter me. So you are going to resign? No, I've, I've not been asked to resign. Uh, this is something that uh, individuals have talked about, but the commission has to make the decision on whether they're going to ask me to do that. But they have not asked me to do that. There are some members of the commission that have, uh, but the commission itself has not. I, I believe in the mission of what they're doing, and I plan on staying and working with them on that unless they vote at some point. But they have not voted uh, to be able to ask me to be able to step down. Uh, that is still in dialogue with them, and I'm still committed to the work they're doing. Well, thank you, sir, for the clarification. I'm going to tell you, honestly, just trying to keep information straight with everything that's going on between the pandemic and the politics has my head spinning. I can't imagine where yours is at. You know, it's so much misinformation right now, and that's that's the biggest challenge that we have is that everyone's trying to be first or everyone's trying to be able to replicate things uh, that they want to be true or that they're interested in. And so they throw it out there. And it's 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 interesting to me when I talk to people on the left uh, that will say, I can't believe those crazy people on the right believe all the stuff they read on social media. And then I talk to people on the right that will say, I can't believe those people on the left believe all this crazy stuff on social media. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, we can't seem to connect the dots uh, to be able to say, let, let, let's slow down. Let's actually get to know each other. Let's deal with the facts. Uh, rather than the uh, picture that's been painted of everyone uh, and that personally tries to be able to destroy people. And this is not a new conversation for me. Uh, this is a long-term conversation to say, we've got to get better at just evaluating this. Um, I, I started saying to my team years ago uh, that um, Abraham Lincoln uh, once said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Um, so I, that, that's just the running joke in our staff. Uh, that we, we've got to double check all these things and find out what people really think, um, because the headlines and the social media noise uh, we saw in the 2016 election, what the Russians were trying to do uh, to be able to push out rhetoric. Uh, we're now watching just Americans uh, do that to other Americans at this point uh, to be able to advance their own agenda, fact or fiction. Uh, and it's something I've dealt with even around this election time period, even with Republicans that I've talked to that have contacted me and said there were Sharpies used in Arizona that kept Republicans' votes from being counted. I've said that's absolutely not true, uh, but that was just the rumor that was out there. Uh, the president even made the statement that the Dominion voting machines had some kind of algorithm built into them that did a secret vote for Biden every time there was supposed to be a vote for uh, Trump. Those machines have been evaluated uh, after the election. Uh, the hand recount has been done uh, in Georgia to be able to check against that. Uh, that has proved that Dominion voting machines did not have some secret algorithm that was changing those votes. 
Uh, they're just not true. But people continue to be able to believe some of those things. Uh, while there are challenges in the election and there were problems, uh, we can't just accept everything that we see out there as a rumor as, as true. And now we're seeing a rapid acceleration of rumors dealing with violence around the country uh, because we just watched violence in the Capitol that we would have never believed would have ever happened before. Uh, but now if there's that violence, people are going to see things online and say, well, there's bound to be a lot more violence coming then. Well, and and before they were even done sweeping up the debris, the lying about what happened and the finger pointing at this, this I'm sorry, non-existent entity, Antifa, as far as I know, there is no mailing address, website, phone number, organization, 501c3, or anything in the world named Antifa. And and yet somehow they organized this. There were United States congressmen pointing the finger and saying, oh, this wasn't Trump supporters. This was some kind of black flag operation. I mean, honestly, sir, how do we how do we get past this? Yeah, we get past it with facts and information and have people slow down to be able to look at the facts. But we got to be able to actually stop name calling in the middle of everything and realize that's my fellow American. And we got to figure out a way to be able to solve it. I, I don't have any doubt there were some people that were in the crowd videoing. In fact, there's some video that's out there, some folks that were very against the president, that they burst into the building with everyone else because they wanted to be able to film it and be a part of it. That's well-known documented stuff. But there's also no question that the vast majority of folks that are smashing through the building and smashing into the House and Senate chambers were avid Trump supporters that had been at a lot of different uh, rallies for the president. Uh, this was not just uh, people that were opposed to the president that were pretending to be Trump supporters as people came out initially on. These were folks that were supportive of the president. Now, does this mean that every person that's supportive of the president is a wild, out-of-control person attacking the Capitol? Absolutely not. Uh, there are millions and millions and millions of people that believe in policy areas uh, that, that don't certainly don't agree with the violence and what they saw at the Capitol. But it's also undeniable that the people that were attacking the Capitol uh, were people that were supporters of the president as well. And uh, so now it becomes the uh, what, what we what we dealt with last uh, summer, where people would say, just because you're a part of Black Lives Matter or just because you're a part of this movement, uh, to be able to work for greater dialogue between law enforcement and the African-American community doesn't mean you're also smashing windows. And the media and everybody did a really good job of separating those two out and saying, this is not indicative of the group. This is indicative of the group. Uh, but now the media seems to be focusing on saying, but if you're a Trump supporter, you really are one of these white supremacist crazy smashing the building. You're all alike. That's really toxic to the conversation. And we've got to be able to keep this separated out and to be able to say, yep, there are folks that absolutely were supporters of the president uh, that did some really crazy, dumb, illegal things, and they should be fully prosecuted uh, in every possible way to be prosecuted. And they are. I think we're up over 160 now charges uh, or arrests that have already happened uh, on this, and there's many more that are still coming. That's a good thing. Uh, people need to know that it's not right to be able to go and attack a federal building, the same as it wasn't right. Uh, for uh, left-wing activists to attack the federal courthouse in Portland uh, last summer for a month every single night. Uh, they were doing graffiti and firebombs and pipe bombs uh, and attacking law enforcement night after night after night. That wasn't right either. They should also be prosecuted under the law. And we've got to get back to those folks that are on the extremes that are carrying out their will by violence 
need to be prosecuted. That's what our law is for. And those folks that uh, want to be able to sit down and talk it out need to be able to talk it out. I mean, if I go back to a Reagan quote, uh, Reagan said, uh, peace is not the absence of conflict. Uh, it's the ability to uh, handle conflict by peaceful means. Uh, that, 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 that's a baseline for us in our democracy. Absolutely. So let me ask you one more question. You've been so generous with your time. I know I've gone way long. There is a lot of fear in this country that on January 17th or on January 20th or, I don't know, January 21st, I've heard different dates bandied about, that there is going to be serious civil unrest in this country. What are you telling your constituents? Are you allaying their fears? Are you telling them, well, you know, we need, you need to keep your head on a pivot this, you know, for the next few days? What, what are you telling folks? So uh, let me start with the basics. Uh, January the 20th, I will be sitting on the stage uh, welcoming uh, Joe Biden as the next president of the United States, representing 4 million Oklahomans, and saying this is what the peaceful transition of power looks like. Uh, I, I didn't vote for Joe Biden, but I will be there supporting the next president of the United States, uh, representing our state. Uh, I've met with the security folks, as the senators have already done, to be able to talk about the security setting uh, for the inauguration. It's very different uh, for an inauguration than it was on January the 6th, where this is Secret Service that's running this operation, and they have worked on preparations for this inauguration for months and months uh, to be able to be ready for any contingency there. Uh, so th I, I do not feel a loss of safety for the inauguration itself. Uh, the threats that are happening on social media and the plans to be able to try to organize things at state capitals, uh, the FBI has made very clear that that's not just random chatter that's out there. There are people that are actually seem to be preparing uh, for some kind of protest uh, in multiple places and have every intention of trying to be able to push the envelope on that. That's something that the FBI is working with local law enforcement around the country to be able to make clear to people this will not be tolerated and should not be tolerated. This is not who we are as Americans. And uh, so I do tell people, pay attention to the FBI warning. It was a very clear warning they gave out yesterday. Uh, that um, there are people that intend to be able to be disruptive. Uh, and in the meantime, um, we'll work with the FBI to be able to make sure that we get information to folks uh, to say, let's let's intervene any way we can. I also tell uh, my fellow Oklahomans uh, that if you're aware of someone that is planning an attack on our Capitol, on any federal building or on the inauguration, you have a responsibility legally to also to be able to turn that in. Uh, if you are found that you knew in advance that someone was planning an attack and you did nothing about it, uh, then you are also found legally liable for being a part of that attack. So if you're aware that someone is conspiring to do something, you have a legal obligation to be able to tip the FBI or local law enforcement off on that uh, because you're protecting lives and you're also protecting your own freedom uh, because you'll be prosecuted as well in the days ahead uh, for not turning that in. That is our, all of our legal obligation, quite frankly, moral obligation to be able to protect each other as well. Um, I, there is absolutely no argument with that from this reporter, sir. Um, I am hopeful and actually kind of leaning towards, I think we're going to get through this <laughs> without massive violence in the streets. Um, you know, I lived through the 60s. I'm just a hair older than you are, I think. And mm -hmm. while I was a very, very young person at the time, I do remember when cities were actually getting burned to the ground in this country. And and we bounced back from that. We'll bounce back from this with the help of our leaders like yourself, sir. And thank you very much again for taking the time. 
Again, I apologize for the unfortunate information that went out over our logo, and I do plan to address that with our our uh, program director. You know, Levi, um, he's going to be steaming. But we'll we'll figure out what happened, why it happened. We'll, we will correct it as best we can, and I appreciate your patience and your willingness always to come on with me, not just those pesky morning guys. I'll take it. I'll take it, though. I take a risk every time I come on a podcast with you because last time you and I were on a podcast, my whole world blew up right after that. We got a little bit. Uh, so. We got bit a yeah. little bit. But you know what? Yeah. Um, it shows that people are listening. So, again, <laughs> thank you very much, sir. I do appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Russell. All right, brother. Stay safe. You've been listening to KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. I'm always looking for stories about the people, places, and politics of Oklahoma. I'm easy to find on Facebook, or you can always email me and the entire KRMG news team. The email address is news at krmg.com. I'm Russell Mills. Thanks for the listen. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.